work. And when I saw that photo, I was like, I'm not sure this is the guy that, that gets to that, that gets to harass me for what I'm wearing. How are you doing, buddy? I can't complain. I can't complain. The only thing I will complain about um, is, dude, do you smell that gas like out in the in the hallway no, there? You, dude, you and like two other people in this building have been on this for days, and I am yet to smell anything. Yeah, dude, it really smells like gas out there. And like, I tried to say something to the boss yesterday, and I was like, Hey, man, like, I'm kind of concerned about this. Like, it reeks like gas out in the hallway. And he was like, No, it doesn't. And I'm like, No, it, it definitely does. <laughs> like, it, where it, where is this? As you turn the corner right there, as you kind of walk by like the bathroom and like the 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 offices that are kind of towards the front of the building, and, like it just like it punches you in the face. The co-ed bathroom in the hallway. And at right? first, I thought it was because the day that it happened was when the first day that I noticed it was the day that they it snowed a bunch. I was like, Oh, well, maybe it's the guys out there. You know, they're running the snow plow, they're running their trucks, and it's starting to get the exhaust that smell that's in the building. But now it's been like three or four days, and he's like, well, the building next door does like some stuff with chemicals. And I'm like, I don't think that's what it is, man. I'm worried. Like, I, I think have, we're going to blow up or something. Nah, I, dude, honestly, I walked through the whole building three times. If we were at blow-up mode, I think I would have noticed it. Like, I didn't even notice it. I, I, I don't know. He doesn't notice it either. Who? I'm glad other people have noticed it, though. I'm glad this isn't like exclusively me. But the fact that it's in the same area all the time really does make me like, dude, what is going on here? Something, Something's happening. Uh, maybe something's rotten in that bathroom. I don't know what. I mean, like I don't know. I don't know. But like I said, I don't smell. I mean, I've never smelled anything in the hall. I mean, I literally was just walking behind you in the hallway, didn't notice a thing. I uh, I would I would I'll just go say deep, breathe deep, and maybe you'll maybe you'll pick up on it. He was know. the one that said it to me the other day. He's the one that asked me. I see. He's he's one of those people that will just be like, no, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, and then the building blows up. So like that's that's very much what I'm worried about. Is he's just gonna ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, and then eventually it's gonna be like, damn, dude, we got to evacuate this building. He came into the office yesterday as like before I was getting ready to leave. I was here a little later than usual. I had a bunch of spots I had to record right. and stuff, and so I was just here kind of late. And he came into the he came into my office. He's like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "I'm working right now, dude. Like, what do you think I'm doing here? Like, I'm just hanging, I'm just hanging out. out here. Yeah, yeah I'm, no, I'm just I mean, hanging out at Rock 106.9 because because all the fun bells and whistles it is in here all day." And he was like, "What are you doing?" And so I told him, and he like so then he just gets like this look on his face. Yeah, I was like, "What?" He's like, "It stinks like weed in here." He's like, "Did you just smoke weed?" And I was like, yeah, at work, that's what I did. I just rolled a joint, started smoking weed at work. And I was like, no, of course not, dude. Now, if you have a job where you have to be there and it's like, dude, you know, you're working fry side and it's like, yeah, I got stoned in the middle of, uh, of a shift. I guess I can understand that. But Sansbury and I can pretty much leave when we want to. Why would you smoke and then come back? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what on earth? Why would that be, like, conducive to you being stoned of, like, all right, I'm going to go get high and then I'm going to go sit here so my boss boss can look at me right. like no why would anybody dude do that? I, i'd rather talk to the cops while stoned than talk <laughs> right, to my boss while stoned right, right. talk about a waste of weed i've never seen a bigger waste of weed than that so he but he was like convinced and then he went like on the trail around i was like dude nobody's smoking weed in the building <sighs> see here's the thing though with that is i'm not 100 percent convinced he really knows what weed smells like and i think he was smelling that gas young people nowadays call weed gas i don't know if you know about <laughs> yeah, that i did but know they, that uh, but they started calling it that but like we're talking two different things here of like i legit thinks he i think he probably smells Whatever that leak is, and was like, oh, that's marijuana at Sansbury. You know what I mean? And I, what, He's here at the same time, mm-hmm. and that was, he got, he got a whiff of that, and then all of a sudden he was like, oh, that's the only explanation. And I'm telling you, this building's gonna blow up. I'm worried about it, dude. <laughs> uh, dude, you worry. I'll finger cross. I, <laughs> dude, I want this building to explode. <laughs> 
every single hour on the program this morning, you're going to get hooked up with $1,000. We'll give you a keyword. You'll text it in to 200-200, and then you yourself will be $1,000 richer. Listen to this, too. Also, Brown's interviewing some cool people. I'm excited about what's going on in there. Jackson Township had a little bit of a scare yesterday. We'll get into that. Joe Hayden, back to talking trash, 9 o'clock. We'll talk to you about that as well. We're going to get you hooked up with this first $1,000 right now. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're also online for you at WRQK.com, and we have $1,000 to get you hooked up with coming up at 710 this morning. Also, it's 745. If you're feeling a little stressed out, guys, if you're feeling a little stressed out, they have found a perfect and cheap and easy stress reliever for you. Okay. And you can do it all on your own. Okay. It's not masturbating. Okay, I was going to say, I mean, I've been doing that since I was like 13 years old. No, Still stressed out over it's, here. It's, uh, it's, it's not masturbating. 745 will give you that. Yeah, people I, need people need a way to, to, to de-stress. I can't wait for that. Yeah, they do. Dude, I posted about Oprah yesterday and Harvey Weinstein on my Facebook page because people have been posting these photos of Oprah and Harvey as if like this is some condemning report of on her. And I don't get it. Like, I really don't get it. Now, I know what you're doing. You're terrified that Oprah can win in 2020. You're terrified that she can win because we all know she could. And so you're looking to discredit her. I don't know if her taking pictures with celebrities who weren't in trouble when the photos were taken necessarily do that. Now people are telling me, well, she had to know. I mean, she had to know? Like, she had to know. And people are like, well, you know, she interviewed enough celebrities, and people were running around, and there were jokes being made. Seth MacFarlane. And Seth MacFarlane did put jokes in Family Guy about Harvey Weinstein. He did do that. I believe even in the Ted movie, there was something about about him in there. Yeah, but just because Seth MacFarlane knows something doesn't mean Oprah does, Well, that's that's kind of my point. Well, people are saying, like, what do you think happens? Like, they go to commercial break, and then some star just tells her, like, this awful thing while they're mic'd up? No way. I, I'm just, I, I'm not convinced of that. Now, could she have known? I'm not going to say there's no way she knew. She could have known. But this now assumption, because they happen to be in the same room getting their photos taken together, I just, I don't buy that she, dude, I am in a room every single day with Matthew Fantone. Yeah. They're, dude, this guy, he could murder kids could do when it. he leaves here, and Might I would have it. no idea about that. No idea. Just because you're close or near people, assuming then that they know everything that you're involved, dude, you don't, first of all, so just because you're close to somebody, you know everything they do, so nobody cheats in marriages then, right? Nobody? No wives are running around banging the pool boy? None of them? Come on, guys. Like, come on. I um, I mean, I definitely think it's like I understand. You know, like you said, I understand what you're trying to do here, but you just point at the pictures of President Trump standing next to the Clintons, and it's like, guys, obviously people take pictures together. If you don't think that Oprah at like a an award show is going to take a picture with Harvey Weinstein, who's going to take a picture with Donald Trump, who's going to take a picture with Bill Clinton, Welcome I mean, of course, I mean, like, of course, all those people are sitting there taking pictures together, and these people are like photographed like all the time. So like. Not only that, but my buddy Jesse went one step further and posted the photo. He's like, okay, we're going to discredit Oprah because she hung out with Harvey Weinstein. Okay. Cool. Here's Donald Trump with OJ. Uh, uh, <laughs> like, I had so, to know. He had to know. Had to know. Had to know, right? No, of course not. I Now, look, is it possible that Oprah had heard the rumors? Yeah, maybe. Okay. But again... I would not maybe run away from a friend of mine or a business colleague. And I think that that's probably more likely the scenario of this is that like I'm not friends with anybody in the radio business yet. I'm friends with everybody I've ever worked with in radio. Right. You know what I mean? Because you kind of have to be, but you're not really friends. I think they were probably business friends. Now, could she have maybe heard the rumors? Yeah. 
But until something is known, I'm not sure people should have to run away from other people like that. I'm sorry. Until it's no. Yes. I mean, obviously, there's going to be different circumstances of like, well, how much did you know? What did you know? But to make this assumption that Oprah was like somehow or another, like locking the door behind these chicks as they walked into Harvey Weinstein's office, it's absolutely you. You find me the evidence that Oprah was told by somebody who had been sexually harassed, groped and or raped by Harvey Weinstein. And then she looked the other way. Now you got me on something I want to listen to. Now I'd be like, all right, that ain't great. Like if somebody, if somebody flat out told you like, no, this happened to me, then you got a different issue with Oprah there and I could get totally on your side. And I mean, we're really, really getting into a sticky conversation as we start talking about like, well, allegations of this and this, I mean, how many women have, have said something about president Trump? I mean, 16 at this point. So it's like you can make the you can make the assumption of like, well, you knew about something. And then now we're talking about, well, who did something? So we're going to condemn somebody who might run, hasn't even announced that she will run. But we're not going to listen to the people who are accusing the guy who already ran and won. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. So I, I dude, people were beating me up on yes yesterday, and first of all, it was you deserved my deserved per- it. I don't even know why, but you deserved it. <laughs> it was my personal Facebook page where I posted this photo. This is what's wrong with the media. Hey, I'm not the media. This is not media. It is not my fault that people, that the consumers of shows have now turned everything with the microphone into the media. We didn't do that. You guys did that. Like, people who watch it. Now, I will say that news organizations know that that's what you've done, and they have capitalized on it by putting unqualified people on the news. That I would totally agree with you on. But turning on the radio and going, this is media, is crazy. I explained this once before, is that, yes, technically under the letter of the law, I am hired by a media company. But what would have happened back in the day is, if a story broke, I would have pointed you to the news department for factual info, and this is where you would have come for opinion. Because we are not the media. We are opinion heads. Those are different things. That is not my fault that society has like mishmashed those two things together. I am not taking the blame on that. This is not a journalistic endeavor. I've said it a million times. But people like as soon as they don't like something now, this is what's wrong with the media. I'm not the media, dude. I'm not. And people just were blasting the crap out of me for posting, for saying stop posting these photos of Oprah with Harvey Weinstein because it doesn't prove anything. And all it really does prove, I said yesterday, it proves to me that you don't know how photography works, and that's true, but it proves that you are scared to death about the fact that Oprah might run because you know she's going to kick everybody's ass. Dude, She, I think she'd win in a landslide. Not that she should win. Not that she should run. I think she's going to be wildly unqualified. For the position. I mean, she's never, well, I mean, the, the guy we got now never served him. Uh, I, was gonna, I mean, I, I mean, dude, that's why I said yesterday that my, my biggest problem with Donald Trump, everybody wants to go, oh, he's going to get us in nuclear war with North Korea. I don't care about that at all. I don't worry about that at all. The biggest problem with his presidency is he has demystified the position to the point now where we all have seen, oh, anybody can do it. And that is my biggest problem with what's been going on. I think Oprah, I don't know if she will run or not. But if she runs, I think she's got a fantastic chance to win. Now, that's right now. You know, it's more things come out and more, you know, who knows, and we'll vet and do all that. I can change my opinion. I'm in the live opinion business. As I sit here right now, January 10th, she's got a phenomenal chance to win. I did something yesterday afternoon. I left here, and I was in not a bad mood, but I was just kind of like, Dude, you need a win on some level, right? Yeah. Okay. And so, I, I, dude, it's been a rough couple of weeks. I just, I needed a win on some level. Okay. 
And so I found myself, this is so stupid, but I found myself at the GameStop on the strip. Right. And I pulled the trigger and I bought a Nintendo Switch. And dude, Nintendo nailed it again. Like, the new Mario game is so, Mario Odyssey is what it's called, is so much fun. Like, this, Nintendo, they understand how to make something so basic that you can hand it to a six-year-old, they can pick it up and kind of get it, and yet, at my age, you can play it and be like, this is awesome. Mario Odyssey, what is it, just like an open world? Like, you're, what are you doing? Yeah, it's like... I mean, if you've played these recently, you kind of know. Like, you remember and you remember the N sixty four, right? Yeah. Mario sixty four. It's a lot like that, where it's a very open world like that, and then you do things inside the world. But they give you enough sixteen bit two D left to right scroll version of Mario inside the game itself that the nostalgia factor is built right in. Okay. So they, you know, I mean, you're going from 3D, 3D, 3D there, and then you slide down one of the, like, you know, the pipes, and then all of a sudden now you're in left to right scroll mode. Okay. And it's like, oh, classic Mario, this is awesome in every world. It's pretty and sweet. Then, and then you move on quick enough into, like, other, into, yeah. other, because I think a part of the problem with, like, the Super Nintendo that they brought back out, the Sega that they brought back out, all the Nintendo or whatever, a part of the problem is, like, yeah, you're nostalgic for a little bit, but nostalgia turns sour quick, and it's like, ah, dude, I don't know if I really want to play you know, battle toads for four hours. Right. The fact that it's like switching stuff up and giving it to you new. Now I know the Nintendo Switch. This is the one that can go. It switches from your house, your TV, into like traveling. Right? You can like take it like a Game Boy. So, yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty intricate. So you open it, you set it all up, and it sits in its cradle when you're going to play it on its uh, on your TV. But then, yeah, but then you slide it out, and that's the unit itself. Okay. And then you just attach the Joy-Con controllers to the side, and then you play it as a handheld. And I got so wrapped up in my TV yesterday that I forgot you could even do that. So then last night, as I was getting ready to go to bed, I like yanked it out of its cradle and then put the Joy-Cons on the side. I was like, all right, we'll take it in bed and see like how it how it right. works like that. Right. And it's awesome. Like the vi- I mean, visually, it's great. It's Nintendo. Every time they come out with a new system, it's like they just they drive home the fun factor. Like I said it the other day when I was talking about buying one, where it's like Sony PlayStation and Microsoft Xbox and like that whole thing. I feel like all they try to do is one up each other. Right. Like let's just make the better version of this thing. Where Nintendo goes, oh yeah, yeah. well we're gonna be all the way in left field. We're gonna do something completely different, but it's gonna be like legendary. Like the Wii was like so different when it came out, and the Switch is very much the same thing. Where they give you like there's parts in the Mario game where you gotta take both the control, like because you don't have to. They give you a controller, you can put the Joy Cons in. But you can take them out and it's separate. And so then you have like two sticks in your hand and you can play the Mario game like that. And so at first I was like, I don't want to do that. That seems like that would be not for me. But then I tried it and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And so you're still up. You're still like moving around. They get you a little active. It's really good. I just I just think that the the concept of you go from at home gaming to mobile gaming, that's the way of the future. And for sure. like people as phones get better, as you know, the ability to like game on a better level on your on your phone or your mobile device there, it definitely uh Well the iPad gaming for sure, yeah. Everyone's everyone's gonna have to follow suit here. So much like how PlayStation had to come out with, you know, their motion detector, how Xbox had to come out with it, I'm sure they're gonna have to come out with their equivalent. Of, of oh this. yeah, I'm willing to bet when both those systems saw this, they went, "Oh, oh 
It's it was like a Seinfeld thing. It's like that's so easy. How did we miss that observation? It was it's really really. So I picked up. I have Mario Odyssey. I got Mario Kart Eight. Okay. And then I got um this other game called Splatoon Two, which is like Call of Duty for your kids. And instead of like machine guns, it's paint guns, and you have to paint like the whole map. Okay. And whoever gets more of the map painted their color wins. And you kind of like knock people over with your paint gun. And that game, I thought, I was like, ah, that's a little cartoony. It might, it might, but it was so fun. Now, I mean, is, is this like when a new video game comes out, like when the new uh, Grand Theft Auto comes out, is yeah. there going to be a Nintendo Switch so, version of that? Or is this like Nintendo Zelda's exclusively? They have. Like Skyrim's out for it. They have, I believe, there's, a, I believe there's a Madden out. They're like 2K18, NBA 2K18 okay. is out for it. Like they have games out for it, and then yeah, there will be stuff that's like Nintendo only. Um, two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty, three hundred bucks. So the system itself was two ninety. Okay. And um, luckily, one of the dudes at the store. Happen to listen a little nice, bit. Happen, nice. to, happen to listen a little bit. So Who cares about our paychecks and our 401ks? We get to hook up at GameStop, baby. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you and your credit score must be nice. <laughs> but uh, but so, like, he gave me a good deal on some used games. All right. And I traded some stuff in. And so, like, you know, I, I took the price of it down from there. Hey, but at the end of the day, dude, I mean, we've talked about this before, that it seems that video games and marijuana are just one of the recession or the uh, inflation-proof things in this world, where I- 200 to 300 bucks is all... Always what Where it's, it's always been for like a new Nintendo, two hundred to three hundred bucks. New Sega, two hundred to three hundred. This, you know, and then video games always around fifty bucks, 50, 60 fifty, sixty bucks. Yeah. Right. They have found that perfect price point that seems to work. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yep. I, dude, you as like a non like gamer person, yeah. dude, because your girl would play like a lot of the stuff that's on it. If uh. you were ever thinking about it, the Switch is definitely the right system for you. It was so. You know what, dude? I'll bring it in tomorrow. I'll bring in just the handheld. Do a little play around there. Yeah, and I'll let you like toy around with it a little bit. <laughs> like, like we don't have enough distractions in this studio. Well, we'll Stan's American Pages. All right, let's play video games. All right, dude. well, we'll just tell we'll tell iHeartMedia, like, dude, it's content. Relax. You know what I mean? Just, no wonder our boss thinks it smells like weed in here. <laughs> like, whoops! On. Whoops! Maybe it did. Maybe it. Maybe it did. Maybe he totally busted me. Stan Lee, creator of some of your favorite comic book heroes in a bunch of trouble. I'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations, all free inside our free iHeartRadio app. You just type in the name of your favorite artist and you get a station full of their biggest hits. And they'll also throw in some similar artists just for you. Songs are handpicked by real people, fellow music fans. As you thumb up or down, obviously we will then personalize the station to fit you better. It's that easy. Type in the name of an artist and we'll go to work. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations, all free. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Type in the Stansberry Show. We have a 24-7 station, dude. You can just listen to us the entire time. Why would you want to make an Aerosmith station? You don't want to do that. Stansberry Show, baby. I feel like it should be a 20-hour station. Give me a four-hour. <laughs> like, dude, I need a break. <laughs> Those two are enough. I can't handle it. People asking me, dude, so you bought a Switch. Did you pick up the new Zelda? And I was like, nah, I didn't buy Zelda yet. I have not bought the new Zelda as of yet. Is that because you're skeptical of it? Or? No, I just was like, you know, dude, you you just bought this thing. You, you walked out of there. With, <laughs> okay. You just, you know, you walked out of there with three games. Like, let's make sure you're going to be into it. Yeah, that's fair. Before you start, like, you know, doing. I know what's going to happen with me and Zelda. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to love it, yeah. and then I'm never going to finish it. 
And so I, I just feel like saying, all right, well, that'll be down the road. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you bought three games yesterday, you can only play one at a time, right? So, like, there's no real reason to, like, hey, I'm going to start this Mario game and this other Mario game and this painting game and... What was that Bob Ross paints? What was it? Splatoon <laughs> oh, Two. Okay, right. it's awesome. All right. It's like a first-person shooter that's all like, uh, you know, yeah, it's paint so for kids. So it's not like, you know, you mean you're not like killing things, but it was really good. For some reason, I'm opening this up and then it'll open and then the internet window shutting down immediately after I open it. So luckily, I can pull from memory here because I read it this morning. Where comic book legend Stan Lee is now being accused of sexual harassment. And apparently it's pretty bad. Like, he's 95 right now, Stan Lee is. And so he's had some in-home nurses, and they have called the company for where, uh, from which they work and have said, look, this guy swears at us, he grabs us, there's groping going on, he thinks it's hilarious because he's an old man, so he just thinks everything he does is super funny, and he and like I think there's probably some dementia going on here. I mean, he's 95 years old. I don't think it's crazy to assume that maybe me, the mind might be slipping. Right. But in the, in the here, they say he also uses the word, the P word and the F word. And I'm not sure that's sexual harassment, but that's, you know what I mean? But if you're groping women, if you're touching them, if you're talking to them, you know, if, if, if you're being sexual with them in nature, then yes, that is. Well, I mean, it just depends on the context of using the swear words. You can say things that, you know, you can use the F word and have it totally be in a sexually degrading way, or you can use the F word in a, in a, in a, like using it as a curse word. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like if he just happened to be on the phone and was calling somebody else the P word, like, dude, you're a puss. I don't necessarily know that you could be able to be like, you know what, you shouldn't be able to say that around me as I'm like your nurse. But all other evidence that's kind of being introduced into right. this, doesn't that, it kind of seem like we're... we're that's that's not, not what's what happening here. No, dude, what's happening here is we have a 95-year-old dirty old man, a woman's walking by him, and he's slapping him on the ass, which is not okay. Now, Stanley, you know, obviously has been in the limelight for a while. I mean, I think it was in the 70s when he probably became, you know, a pretty big comic book artist and, you know, was a big part of the X-Men, was a big part of Spider-Man and making Created all those the things. X-Men. Right. So um, is there and it's not an excuse, but is if, if, if there's no other behavior that was exhibited throughout his life, is there a little bit of like, dude, I'm sorry, he's 95 years old. He's going crazy and we don't know what to do here. I think it's mind slipping. I really do i i think that yes there's some dementia that's happening here he's 95 years old i don't think it's crazy to think that he's not who he once was now is it is it possible to think that like hey i've gotten old and now i can just lean into it and yes. i can i can just that could it. be too you know i mean like uncle leo when he was when he was shoplifting it's like i'm old i don't know <laughs> right like yes uh, there are definitely old people who are still with it mentally right. Who know, oh, I can get away with whatever I want. I'm old. Nobody thinks anything ill of me. Man, that's got to be something, right? Getting that old when you think you can just start getting away with stuff. I just, all right. Now, maybe I'm dumb, okay? But I legitimately was looking forward, if I'm going to live long, and I hope I don't. I said to Fantone yesterday, I hope I don't make it past 60. 60 seems like, dude, that's a good round number. Take me off the planet. I'm good, right? But if I do, like, I really thought, like, once ED sets in, right. your life just gets easier, right? Right. Like, I don't have this uncontrollable force. So if I'm 95, do I still want to grab chicks if, like, my 
if 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 it doesn't work, um, I guess because maybe you can make the argument at that point is you don't have any other sexual release, so that's all you have. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but my so, point being is I thought the erection and like the testosterone and like the penis is what made all of that like a want and a desire. I figured by then it's just I just wanted soft food. <laughs> I didn't realize I was still going to have these desires. Your shot at a thousand dollars next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Still to come 745. If you're uh, looking to relieve some stress, we have a very easy, cheap method that can be done all on your own. I would have never thought of it. At 7.45, we're going to give you that. I can't wait to get in. Very interested about that. Yeah, I cannot wait to get in. I need a stress relief. Big Home and Garden Show tickets up for grabs, too, is 9.30. We'll do those. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need. So it looks like Brown's new GM, John Dorsey, wants to get right after it. Doesn't want to wait. Wants to get right after it. As uh, he's looking to interview and hire Elliot Wolf. Who was uh, who has worked for John Dorsey once before? But we have some competition. Uh, the Packers, for where he works now, would like to retain him. Oakland Raiders also have extended an offer for him to be interviewed. Raiders, obviously, in the middle of a shakeup, just giving um, John Gruden a ten-year, one hundred million dollar contract, which I think they're going to live to regret. I, not that I don't think you know Gruden can coach, but the the NFL games flipped over a couple of times now. And I just think 10 years, $100 million is a lot for a guy that's been in the booth 15 years. Yeah, and where is the game 10 years from now? You know right. what I mean? Like, where are we you going? Just, you, you have a really hard time signing up for a coach for that long. 10 um, years. Uh, no, I mean, people fire and you get out into this, but you're on the hook for more money then. The thing that I saw and it really was like, whoa, is like somebody compared the Raiders 10 years, $10 million versus what the Browns have paid in the last 10 years on head coaches. And it was like, whoa. Okay, now that's. That was a crazy, like. Now that's a good point. If you land a coach and you get a 10 year guy. The, the better system, yeah. I mean, I the, the better of this two, those two systems for sure. I just don't know if Gruden is a ten-year guy. He is one of those storylines next year. I can't wait to see. I've, I can't remember what the number was, but I think it was something like 178 million the Browns had spent over the past ten years on coaches, just because they'd fire a guy, you have to pay him out. Fire a guy, have to pay him out. Fire a guy, have to pay him uh, yeah, out. Yeah, aren't there three Browns coaches on the payroll right now? Sounds right to me. Patton, right? I know we paid Sh- Pat Shermer up sure. until like I think a couple. I don't know sure. when it was. Chris Palmer, throw him, throw him a. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? The son of former Packers general manager Ron Wolf, Elliot, has a history of working with Dorsey. In 2004, Elliot began his NFL career as a personnel assistant in Green Bay, where Dorsey was serving as the director of college scouting. Now, Wolf remained with the Packers throughout 2017 and was recently considered for the team's GM job. Ultimately, they uh, went another way. So that's what that's why people feel like Elliot may want to leave. It's like, dude, he was up for the GM job, didn't get it. They are looking to maybe retain him, but you know how that works. You get passed up for a promotion at work, you're pretty much like, yeah, I'll stay here until I can find the job I want and then oh, get yeah, out. That's what everybody does. But I like that he's getting after it. I like that he's going back and, and trying to get people who he's had a successful relationship with before. I believe that... You know, cohesion in those things are is good, and like knowing each other's personalities is good, and knowing being able to let off steam with one another, and knowing inner working relationships is all positive. I, I think it's. I, I, and this guy was scouting was like his whole thing, 
and we need scouts that who watch the college game on that level and can pick talent more than maybe any other team in the league. Well, yeah, when you have, what is it, 12 picks or whatever in the upcoming draft, like, yeah, you got to have guys that, gonna that, be big. That, that know who they need to bring in. Um, I don't know if this is fair of me, but, like, I'm just having a hard time buying in on this because, like, I just feel like a Browns fan. I just feel like I've seen this movie before where somebody comes in and all of a sudden it's like, yep, we're going to be the toughest team in the NFC or, you know, and it's just like, well, like, I just feel like I've seen this before and I I want to get excited. I do, but I can't. So let me ask you, if it was, here comes John Dorsey, GM. And he bounces coach, brings you a new head coach. Are you different then? Is it because Hugh got saved? I I think it's because it's the Browns. And I really do think that. I really do think that I just have a hard time. No matter, you could have fired coach, you could have brought in Bill Belichick. You could have gotten rid of Deshaun Kaiser and you could bring in Tom Brady. And I'm still deep down inside going to feel like the Browns are just so piss poor of an organization that the coach, the ownership, the players, none of it matters. It's just, just, it's just a sinking ship. And no matter who gets on board, you're all going down. And, and God, that's a bad place to be as a fan, dude. No matter what happens, I'm pessimistic. Yeah, I, I've i chosen optimism. In, Who are we? In this, I have chosen optimism in this system. I believe strongly that the NFL is an executive-driven game. I know it gets played on the field by guys who play it, but I think the executives who know pro talent is how this gets done. The the games, the plays, the the snaps, those are played out on the field, but the long-term big picture success is 100% I think I think it's an executive game, and I feel like we now have a solid... Is he the best GM in the league? Probably not. Is he a top 10? I don't know. But he's probably a top 15, and so I'll take it. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know what the criteria of that is. I would love to say that, hey, I know enough about the NFL game to know what makes and who the best. But who, who are the other top GMs? I don't know. So it's just like it's hard for me to say, yes, this is the dude when I have no. The best GM is a guy you don't know. Who's just making all the moves. You never see him on the news. He never has to be interviewed because the coach is handling his business. And so the coach is the one out in front of the cameras. That's the best GM. That's the GM I want. Is the guy who has everything running so well that we never have to hear from him. That's what I would like. I am choosing to remain optimistic on this. And I think it's because I maintain, I think Dorsey's going to go get you a veteran quarterback from around the league. It'll be a non-splashy pick, so we'll all hate it. And then what will happen is he will start to bolster the roster through this draft. Next year, you got to throw it away. I think you're going to win maybe three games at best, maybe. And then the year after that is when you can start to look and be like, okay, now we should be legitimately competing to be in most games we play. Browns win three games next year if Hugh Jackson keeps his job? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think John Dorsey told Haslam, dude, keep Hugh right where he is right now because I got enough to do. So let me do everything else I want to do, and then we'll start to fix that. Even if we play under the assumption of what Jimmy Haslam said a couple weeks ago, that yes, Hugh Jackson is the coach of the 2018 Cleveland Browns, it, it, the first question out of my mouth is, well, how hot is that seat? Because it's hot. as soon as, I mean, how many games do you go? One game loss? And then you can fire him two, three, four, 0 oh and 8, 0 oh and 12, 0 oh and 16 again? Should be a pretty hot seat, but I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty hot. And I maintain 
that I think there's a possibility there's a different guy as head coach at the start of next season. 12, 12 rookies they're interjecting into the team. It's going to be the youngest team in the NFL again. I, I don't know. I don't know who's coming in here. I don't know if bringing, I don't know if bringing you know, Kirk Cousins in here is going to be enough. I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be Alex Smith. Kansas City's going to look to get rid of him. And, I, you know, he has a relationship with Dorsey. Dorsey knows he's good. I think that's what it's going to be. Kirk Cousins, I get it, and I would be I would be all for it. I You can't hate the idea of Kirk Cousins if you're a Browns fan. Other teams in the NFL, you'd be like, don't bring me that guy. If you're a Browns fan, you can't turn Kirk Cousins away. Although our buddy Dustin, I think, has the take of the year, which is Kirk Cousins to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because they have no backup plan, and if they don't, it, even if they do win the Super Bowl this year, then Ben's probably if he wins the title, he's probably like, "Peace out, See I'm ya. done." He's been talking about retirement for two years. Dustin thinks the Pittsburgh Steelers come over top with the money and pay Kirk Cousins, and I tell you, dude, that might be take of the year. Because I never thought of that, and I was like, "Man, what a good idea!" Because they have no backup plan for quarterback, and so they're obviously going to be in that let's pay a veteran move. So look for Cousins in Pittsburgh. Dustin, what a great pick. Great pick. Solid pick. I like it. I would bet on that. I think it's going to be Alex Smith here, and I can totally live with that. Game manager. I know. You guys are the same idiots that say system. And then, look, Garoppolo goes to San Francisco, has him looking like a world beater. Because it's a system. You keep jamming those fingers into your eyeballs. Here's your $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. we'll pass out those tickets for the Home and Garden Show. Going out February 2nd through the 11th. IX Center, we'll get you into that. I want to go. No, your girlfriend wants to go. I'm going to have to get tickets. I know. I would go to that. I don't have any, I, you know what I mean? Like if I, I'm in that stage of my life now where it's like, well, show me the flooring. You know what I mean? Like I kind of am. I just don't, I, I don't, I don't have a home. I, I, I have the apartment there and somebody else does it, which by the way, I got to call them. Like, issues. Yeah, dude. Like I called them six months ago about one of the, one of the lighting fixtures in my living room doesn't work. And they came out and tested it and they were like, ah, this is beyond our control. We have to call like a real electrician out here. And then they never did. So, like, I got to call them and get on that because I, I would like to be able to see walking around my apartment. Did the uh, did the heating issue ever take care of itself? Or I mean, the bedroom's there? just cold. It's just the way it is. Okay. I think the windows are just old and drafty, and I just don't want to put the plastic on them because I hate that, like, whipping sound that it makes. But now that it's warmed up a little, like, my bedroom's not as cold. Like, it's livable. And the heating blanket was awesome. That thing was such a good purchase. What a good purchase. Yeah, what a good purchase. Stansberry just sitting there. Toasty. Just toasty. It's nice. A little, little, little blanket on his lap. It's nice. Before the break, Fantone showed me this photo. He's like, look at this. And uh, somebody had posted online a picture of a cigarette and said, this is my last one of these ever. And we both just kind of laughed and said, I don't know, dude. If you wake up. And you smoke that day. Yeah. Isn't your mind going, ah, dude, you already had one earlier. The monster is going, oh, you already had one earlier. There's it's a beast. No, there's no way that addiction is going to allow you to go the rest of the day without a cigarette. I don't think I've ever tried to do that. Quit in the middle of like a pack and just be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Now, for me, it, and I'm coming up. Oh, my God. 
I'm coming up on five years Jeez. and like, dude, and like a week and a half, it'll be five years, Jeez. right? Long time. And what had happened to me was, is that I was um, loosely involved with a, with a cancer survivor and she was never on me about it. Like she wasn't like, oh my God, it's so gross or you could die or like, it was never that. It was just um, her telling me her story, yeah. and then she showed me some photos. She had like lymph nodes in her neck. They had to like slice both sides of her neck open, and like she was like, I mean, dude, head to toe. Like they've told her multiple times, they can't believe she's still alive. Like right. that's what's going on with her, right? And so she kind of showed me some photos, and I was like, oh god, I should do this. Then one night, my brother and I went out, and we got hammered, like ham- like sideways hammered. And the next day I woke up and it was one of those where you're like sick all day, like where you're still throwing up. And I was like, all right, I'm not smoking today because I just can't physically do it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you wake up, you feel like you have gravel in your lungs. You got that gross taste of vomit and Jameson. So it's like the last thing you need is a Marlboro Light. Anything's going to make you like vomit right right up. So I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. And then I realized I woke up the day after and I was like, all right, well, you made it a day. Let's see if we can make it today. And then one day turned into two, and then two turned into six, and then before you know it, I was like, dude, I've quit smoking cigarettes, and now here I am almost five years later. Now, I think you're right about this guy, though, dude, because I had quit once before for two years. Yeah. Went out for my birthday, and then my buddy, good, my, my good buddy, Corey Roddick, was like, dude, you can have one smoke, and then I woke up with a carton in my house the next day. Like, and so that was after two years. And so I won't hit cigarettes. I won't nothing. So I'm with you, man. I think if you're going to put them down, you just got to do it. It's not like this last one, then I'm done. Just be done. Yeah, there's just no way that the rest of today, it's not constantly on your mind. I, um, I, I, I applaud the guy. I hope it works out for him, but I have serious doubt that it will. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think that that's going to. Plus, aren't you like you're like 10, 11 days past New Year, New Meville? Eh, well, maybe it's not New Year, me, New Me. Maybe it's just, yo, I don't want lung cancer, you know? Well, that's good. <laughs> maybe, that's good. Maybe that's what I, it is. Uh, there are very few things in my life that I miss. Cigarettes I miss. Like, legitimately, I miss cigarettes. Um, there's a couple of elements I miss it, for sure. Like, there's the social aspect of it, where there's, like, you're going out with people, and you're sharing this little moment together, and it is. There's, like... You get 20 gifts a day. Yeah, there's, like, this little, like, surprise that you guys have, and it's like, oh, we're smoking cigs together, and it's like a little party over here. Um, I, I sometimes miss, and it's weird, because sometimes I'll smell it, and I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm going to vomit. Like, that's so gross smelling. Other times I the next smell day? it on people, and I'm like, oh, my my God, it smells so good. There were moments I was walking through the casino in Vegas, right. and I was just like, oh, my God, because they have smoking sections now. Right. So, like, most of the area, you can't smell it. Then you walk by, and then there was, I do. there were moments where I was going to bum one, and then I thought to myself, dude, you're a grown man. Just go to the gift shop, buy a pack of cigarettes if that's what you want. But I just didn't do it. It's it. I'm so happy I quit. It's the best decision I've ever made in my entire life, for sure, bar none. But it is one of those things, man. My mom quit when, honestly, before she had me. Now, she snuck cigarettes here and there while I was growing up. But my mom will tell you, 70 years old, hasn't smoked like legitimately in 50-some years, still misses them every week. She's like, every week I still think about it. I mean, I wonder at what point in your life, and I know you've said well, maybe it's 50 that's just for her. you. I know you've said it's 50 for you. But at what point in your life would it just be worth like, dude, screw it. I'm already 85. I'm going to die soon anyway. It's not like this lung cancer is going to catch up with me. I might as well just start chiefing out zigs. Yeah, I mean, at some point, like I said, man, 50, I'm done. I'm uh, a dude. Because I really think my dad died at 58. His dad died around 56. And so, like, dude, there are certain fates you don't escape. You just don't escape them. 
And so once 50 comes, man, I dude, the floodgates are opening, and I'm doing stuff. Did you see this? Philip Morris is trying to back out of the cigarette business. Yeah, what is this now? They want to get out of cigarettes, and they want to move it all into the vapor thing, right? Yeah, they think that's the way of the future. It less, might be. Less and less people are going to be actually smoking. And I, I could see it. They've made smoking so hard publicly that... I just can't believe that, though. Like, I can't believe Philip Morris, like, came out and said, like, yo, we're going to back out of cigarettes. Like, for as long as that as that ship is still sailing, you would think those rats are not jumping off the boat. We've got every opportunity here to exploit you for as much money as Agreed. we can. Agreed. I don't want to speculate in how another business that I don't totally understand runs Good point. or what they will do to shift business models. You shouldn't. So I will tell you, this is what I think might be happening. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegations. Can supposedly. You tell me, can you tell we got yelled at? Uh-huh. Can you tell? But I would imagine what, what Philip Morris is seeing, for those of you that don't know, they make the Marlboro cigarettes, a few other brands there. I believe yeah. Parliament's one of their brands. P-Funks. The, the P-Funks there, right? I think what they're seeing there is, is like, dude, adapt or die. And if we don't change what our business model is, that we might go away. I mean, to think about the fact that you can advertise against a product you're not allowed to advertise on TV for. Think about that. The only thing I'm going to say about all this is is that like Philip Morris though and Marlboros and like cigarettes, worldwide commodity. Yeah, vaping's big in America right now, but I'm talking about selling cigarettes in Nigeria, right? We're, we're, we're in the Philippines where nine-year-olds do it. Right, right. I, I'm just surprised you'd back out of that business. All right, I didn't think globally. I was only thinking United States. That's uh that's not a bad observation there. I would imagine and again this is maybe just guessing and maybe I've seen too much TV but I mean Asia's got to be the biggest population of people still smoking still, right? It seems like they just don't care. But here like I'll tell you another thing I noticed when I was flying home like I get vaping because of how much like clouds come out of that. So in a plane, it would be terrible. Yeah. But a regular e-cig, why are you not allowed to smoke that in a plane? I don't get that. It's not dangerous for the person sitting next to me. You can barely even tell they're doing it. it now yeah, vaping, are, it's massive clouds. Are, 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 are we are we sure that it's not dangerous for the person sitting next to you? Oh uh, well, I've been told that. So no, I don't know that. Yeah, I was gonna I say I don't know that. It's probably a little early to call the science on that one. Um, but that's what the claims are. Um, it's probably because of the vape wee pens, right? And so they don't yeah, want people getting high on the plane. Yeah, I mean, probably just a little bit of like you goddamn stoners ruin everything for us. Well, you open up, you open up this 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 world of like, well, they're allowed to smoke their product. Why am I not allowed to smoke my product? And you open up this yeah. can of worms, where it's probably just easier to be like, no, nobody's smoking here. People in Vegas, they were like, dude, just go to the local weed store and buy a vape pen. Like they're gonna think it's an e-cig and they'll let you on the plane with it. And I was like, ah, uh, that's a pretty big gamble there. Right. Your boy's not gambling right. on that. They sell weed in Ohio, too. right? <laughs> like, well, I, I don't told mean to the woman. The I was like, I don't mean to be a dick, but dude, your boy's kind of recognizable in Ohio. I got plenty of friends. Like, I don't need to be risking jail time. People are now writing in and going. So the solution to quit smoking cigarettes is to go out and get hammered. I'm not saying it's the solution for everybody. It worked for me. That's all. I woke up. Now, dude, you have any idea how much you got to drink to wake up and be sick the whole day the next day? That's dedication, my man. Now, smoking used to be a, a thing that people would do to relax and de-stress. That used to be the thing we did. Turns out there's something else in your house that you could use to de-stress. Totally cheap, inexpensive, the whole thing. And I'll tell you what it is next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry 
Madison Avenue word that I think probably affects a small portion of people, but we've all heard it and we all go, yeah, that's what's going on with me. And I just, I feel like sometimes we're, we, the human being, too reliant on these shortcuts for our problems and we're too reliant on going, yeah, well, it's this and so there's nothing I can do about that. Using stress as an excuse is yeah, what you're trying to say? Yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like people will use stress or, um, you know, I'm depressed and I think that word gets thrown around way too easily too for, you know, people don't really have an understanding of what that really is. I think these things get used as excuses too much. But stress can affect your life, right? And it's not good for you. As a matter of fact, they say, you know, constricts your heart and ultimately takes years of your life off of you, right? So if you have some of that, we would like to see you have less of it. And people have tried millions of things throughout the years, vacations and massages and, you know, hot tubs and cigarettes and alcohol and drugs. And everybody's tried a million things to try to like de-stress in their life. Right. It turns out the thing you need that can rebalance your stress level is in your house right now, probably. And it's free to you. And it's your girlfriend's t-shirt. Apparently, dude, picking up the t-shirt of your better half, whiffing it in, will de-stress you. And I got to agree. Have you ever gone through a breakup and you weren't the one that was happy about the fact that the that the relationship was breaking up? You were left there sad? This was about... Two and a half years ago, I had a woman move out of my apartment, and I was devastated, hated it. Still, honestly, don't love it. Don't like what happened. Don't want her back, but don't love what happened. Don't love everything that went down. But when she left, I was literally laying in the side of the bed in the fetal position, like, what am I going to do? And I remember I stumbled across something, and it was like a body pillow that she had left at the apartment. And I was never, I had never like used it. 
and I grabbed it and I was like, I was just like trying to sleep. And so I put it on the bed and I was like, maybe this will help. Maybe I'll get more comfortable. And I rolled over and like my nose was like smashed into it. And all of a sudden, like by pressing down on it, like her scent came like wafting out of the thing, went right into my nose. And next thing I know, I was like totally at ease and went right to, and went right out. I'm surprised. I think that would stress me out more. All of a sudden, I smell somebody from the past. I'd be like, uh, I think I think that for me, that would be the opposite with my current girlfriend. I guess maybe I, I don't know. I, I I I mean I know smell does tie into a lot of emotions and a lot of things like that, but I don't know. I just haven't used. It. I thought of it. it to me, it's much more like well, if I'm going to do anything, it's like I'm going to smell her panties and jo. You know what I'm saying? So that was another thing here because I've because okay, um, not not necessarily a uh, a foreigner to said activity, right? Um, kind of like said activity. Okay, but once upon a time. All right. For some of you Maxwell Show fans, you'll get a kick out of this. So he moved. He had moved to Cleveland and um, was staying in a hotel across the street from the radio station. The program director at the time said, yo, dude, hired this new afternoon guy. You're from here. I need you to get in the car with him and like kind of drive him around Cleveland, show him neighborhoods where he might want to live, show him restaurants, kind of get him acclimated. Right. They always do that when you go to a new radio station. So he texts me or calls me or whatever. He's like, hey, pick me up at the hotel tonight at 11. We'll go hit a couple of bars up. Awesome. So I go. This is before he got sober, obviously. So I go to the hotel. I knock on the door. And he lets me in. And there are suitcases everywhere in this hotel. And I was like, oh, dude, so you fully moved here already. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I came first. It'll be about three months. And then Stacy, my girlfriend, his, his now wife, would you know show up a, a little bit later, right? And so I'm like waiting for him to finish getting ready and probably rolling a joint there in the hotel room or whatever. And like we're getting ready to go out, hit a couple of strip clubs up. And next thing I know, I look on the floor and I see four pairs of women's underwear. And I said to him, I was like, "Well, dude, I don't know who you are as a person, but if your girlfriend's coming, you might want to get rid of those." I want to clean that up there. And he looks and laughs at me and says, no, dude, she knows those are there. She packed them in the suitcase for me. And, dude, I knew him maybe two days before he said this to me and was like, dude, she, whenever I go on the road and I'm going to be gone for a while, she'll send me with underwear so I can smell it while we're, while we're apart. And I thought it was like the strangest thing in the world. And he just continued to look at me like I was the weirdo freak. And he's like, have you never smelled a pair of your girlfriend's underwear? And I said, well, of course, just pure curiosity that has that has been done. But like never to the point to where I felt like pack. I mean, dude, they were put in a Ziploc bag and like sent with him as like, oh, yeah. And then here's your lunch. Don't forget about me. Yeah. I, I thought it was a little weird. It all goes back to that smell and emotion, and I, I don't know why it's so closely tied. But I've heard I've heard this, you know, from multiple different things that it just that's one of those things you smell something, and just like a song, you know what I mean? You can hear a song that you haven't heard in forever, and all of a sudden, boom, you're back in that moment. Yeah, that is true. You feel that like you know whoever you were when you first smelled that, or whoever you were like, and all of a sudden, it's like now you two are together. I mean. I guess maybe not my cup of tea, but at the same time, I mean, like, that's at least some way to be intimate when you guys are in a long-distance relationship. So good for him, getting his freak on with his wife, you know, via, you know, via the underwear there. 
Yeah, dude, we ended up bringing him into the studio. Like, I brought a pair of my girlfriends. We ended up doing, like, a huffing segment on the show. Boss wasn't real wild. <laughs> no, I would not assume so. <laughs> that one that one did not go over all that well. I always thought it was a little strange, but yes, he was like, dude, come on. You, he's like, every, and I was like, I don't think you can make the statement every guy does this. No. But I think it's more common than people think it is. And I know, I mean, having been in plenty of relationships with women, they'll pick up one of your t-shirts as they're cleaning up your room and they'll kind of smell it. And then they'll forget you're there and kind of look over the shoulder like, oh, yeah, that's right. You just totally caught me being a creep with this. And women kind of claim that, right, that, oh, you smell like a man. It's kind of hot. As a matter of fact, when they did this with women, Phantom, what they did is they had, like, the man get in the shower and he would shower and shampoo with unscented soap and unscented shampoo. Then they gave him a plain shirt, would wear no deodorant, ate no spicy food as to not, like, you know, muck up the smelling. And he'd wear it, and then they froze it to, like, lock in the man in on it. And sure enough, they put women through, like, a ringer, like a, like, a, like a an emotional test where they were, like, stressed by the end of it. Gave them three different t-shirts, and sure enough, they actually clung to the one that had their partner scent on it. And, like, once they had smelled it, had listed that they felt de-stressed in that moment. So there you go. $600 an hour for a good therapist? Or a Hanes undershirt. You decide. I'm going Hanes undershirt. We have $1,000 for you. That's up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. We have $1,000. Momentarily, it will be up for grabs. We'll give you a keyword. You'll text it into 200-200 and get rich. We were just listening to that Rob Zombie there, Dragula. I was telling Fantone, like, dude, I was living in San Bernardino when that album came out. And I remember, like, going to the record store and buying it and coming home and listening to it. And I was like, God damn, is this record good, man? Hellbilly Deluxe was something else, dude. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the last couple of albums from Rob Zombie, I mean, they weren't the best Rob Zombie albums, but they were still what they were supposed to be. I he think makes his music. He knows what he's supposed to do. He makes his movies. You know what I mean? His his creative endeavors are what they are, and they're either for you or they're not. No, man, I'm a fan. I haven't seen much of his movie stuff. Like, I saw House of a Thousand Corpses, liked it. Saw The Devil's Rejects, thought it was good, not as good as the original. Um, and then I didn't like his Halloween adaptations. I did no. not care. I did not care for those. But I don't. But I haven't. Didn't he do? Was it Salem's Lot? Was that his other movie? Um, I know he did something. It was. It was him and his wife, and I think it was like Witches of Salem or something. Something like that. Like that. I like that one. I thought did that you? one was pretty I good. Yeah. I have not seen that, so I, I can't speak to that. But I, uh, I, I like Rob overall. Um, entertaining guy. Obviously, has found his niche. Um, you know. I bet a lot of people know, but dude, like starting your career out as a set director for MTV is just, I don't know, that's interesting to me. Like there's, uh, that guy's had a lot of interesting jobs when you think about that. Set director, you know, movie director, rock star. I mean, Rob's, I mean, he's an interesting guy. Smells like pee, but he's, you know, he's an interesting dude. So Jackson Township had a little bit of an interesting afternoon yesterday, huh? They did. Apparently SWAT was uh, in a standoff. For about four or five hours, this was in Jackson Township that lasted, yeah, they say over four hours. Um... Apparently, they were asking everybody else in the area, dude, stay in your homes. We're right. in the middle of working on this. We don't know what's going to be happening. And it started around 11 a.m. yesterday in the 4900 block of High's, is it High Saddle Avenue? 
uh, in Jackson Township. I don't know exactly where that is. Police uh, then said, if you're in the area, don't move around because we don't know what we're going to have to do here. And from what I understand, it ended without a whole lot of controversy, right? The guy just kind of like eventually gave himself up and all yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was a couple hours standoff. Yeah, it's like four hours. Dude, imagine being on that razor's edge that long. Like, I get, you know, showing up to a house and you got to kick a door in, whatever, go get a drug dealer. Fine. But it's four hours, I would imagine, looking down the barrel of a gun pointed at a house, waiting. What are we going to do here? Only one person's kind of communicating with the person. The rest of us are all just sitting here. Like, that tension, that anxiety, that's got to be a lot, right? Oh, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't imagine what it would be. I mean, that's definitely one of those parts of the job that you can try to put yourself into, but you don't know how what that's like. I mean, I don't even think there's a way to really, like... It's, uh, to be like, well, no, I can have some sort of... No, you don't. Like That would be super stressful. This is exactly, as a guy who bought a Nintendo Switch yesterday, this is exactly why I want virtual reality to become such a big thing. Is that I think, what a cool thing. I don't care about playing like the new you know, virtual reality Mario. If I could then put myself into jobs like that, where it's like you play cop, or then like maybe you're a first responder, firefighter, you know, or EMT, and like you, like you get implemented in that, and you can actually see what that's like. I think that's where virtual reality can really help society. Is if you could put each other in each other's shoes, and we could actually see it. Versus, well, I, I mean, I have an opinion. I mean, I saw it, and so like I have an opinion. And cops are scumbags, right? Like if you could actually put yourself into those environments and you'd be like oh well now this is why this happens i think that might be good for us overall that's why i push for virtual reality becoming a huge thing now i think ultimately it's probably going to take us over and be the thing that destroys us but it would be kind of cool to be able to put myself in somebody else's shoes and to be able to see you know walk a mile and be able to see what they go through and then maybe there would be less judgment out of all of us and we would have a little bit more understanding for what the other one does and honestly, a little bit more respect. I always say this even outside of virtual reality. I feel like most people should have to serve in a restaurant one week out of the year, every year. Because I'm telling you right now, you'd be nicer to waiters, you'd be nicer to waitresses and servers and busboys and all that. But like, we just go into these places and take our day out on these people because we feel like we can, which is awful. I see it all the time at the gas station, and I'm always aware of it because I used to work at a gas station. And I felt like I was like, this is as far as my life's going to go, and I hated myself. But, like, I see it where, like, people are buying, you know, a pack of cigarettes or whatever, and they're just, like, taking their day out on the person behind the counter. It's like, why are you doing that? And it's because you don't have any power anywhere else in your life outside of Facebook and in right. that, that speedway. So now you're just yelling at this person. Right. This person has to stand there and take it. They're getting paid to do it's, it. Which is ridiculous, dude. Don't do that. And I think if we were able to put ourselves in each other's shoes, that might happen a lot less. That $1,000 is up for grabs right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. If you missed New Church Tuesday yesterday, pick it up right there in the podcast. I would have to say, and I told him it was going to be, Scott, a buddy of ours who uh, who was the owner, but I told him I was like, dude, this is going to be a huge hit because they were they there was one in Vegas and it was a monstrous hit last year, and so I knew this was going to be a big hit. But that Christmas bar was probably the biggest hit of the holiday season in Canton, Ohio, for sure. I would say that's probably fair to say. I don't know I mean, that. I know you do not know that, and I am not an expert in said business, although I have owned a bar. 
and I've been a bartender at multiple places. So and I feel he's, he's a bit of a drunk, too. Yeah, like, a little bit of a drinker, too. So, but I told him, I was like, dude, this is going to be a smash hit. And I think it ended up going even better than they thought. And you worked there. Yes, I did. And so now the plan is, is that they're not going to wait until next Christmas. That they're going to look for other themes throughout the year. And they're going to do like a pop-up bar surrounding those themes. And we know what the next one is already. Indeed we do. It is that chocolate bar. Uh, oh, so, smart. So really what's happening here is that it's going to be a Willy Wonka-themed chocolate oh, bar. Oh, smart. And uh, I, Good I, idea. I just got uh, an email with all of the recipes for the drinks that we're going to be doing. So you're going to work here year-round now? I don't know if I'm going to work here year-round. I think once I get to a certain financial goal, maybe I'll back off. Yeah, that's but, what I said about the Agora, too. But at this point, I have a very I have a very set financial goal in front of me that I need to get over. And, and bro, I'm, you work at Rock 106.9, so you're working <laughs> at that chocolate bar all year-round. So um, so I got, the, I got the menu, and I obviously can't give like the full secrets here, Okay, but some of these look pretty awesome. I know they did the can- cotton candy martini, and they shared that on Facebook. They oh, so a, that's already been out. They put a piece of cotton candy in the martini glass, then pour the drink on top of it. The whole thing dissolves out, and you've just got like that in there, and it's pink. I mean, dude, that alone is enough to get your girlfriend or wife in that bar. Like, that alone. Oh, chocolate. There's going to be a giant chocolate fountain. Dude, they should call it that period bar. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I don't know if the pop-up period bar is going to be a big hit. Oh, my God, dude. I just created the best thing ever. The Reese's Martini. Martini looks really good. Oh, yeah, it does. A chocolate-covered cherry martini, and then a bunch of, like, good margaritas. All these drinks, there's a bunch. There's, like, um, there's like the Grandpa Joe cocktail. There's the Violet. There's the Veruca Salt. There's the Wonka. Oh, okay, yeah, so, this is the Willy Wonka stuff. So, okay. they've, so they've all got kind of a tie-in there, and I don't know that movie all that well. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty, pretty well-versed in Willy Wonka. I can remember watching it a lot when I was a kid. Um, my brother looked like Charlie from the original movie. When, I, uh, we, were, when we were kids, that was my brother. Brother looked exactly like that. I'm surprised you didn't have a VHS of it. Your mother just being so proud of him all the time. Um, but it's it's exciting, man. It is. I think this is going to be another successful thing for them. They uh they they caught on to something cool when it comes to these pop up bars because, like you said, they've got them in Vegas. And like I'm sure if you went and opened one up in Vegas right now, people would be like, eh, whatever, dude. We got this. We got the Raiders. We got you know. It's Vegas, right? Right. But Canton, it's very unique. It's, it's a Canton. It's a big city idea getting moved into Canton. In Ohio, smart. So Dude, I, his wife is so smart because Scott's kind of dumb. Yeah, he's but, smart, but, yeah, but his wife is the brains of that operation. And dude, she's a brilliant business. Yeah, she makes stuff happen. Yeah, like that's that's he, he'll always you know she's you know, the crack the whip one. Yeah, he, she's the brains, the brawn, everything about that organization. She's the one getting it done. Yeah, what's he even around? I for? don't know. I genuinely, it's not his looks. I don't know I don't, what the guy. Yeah, I don't know for. what she keeps him around for. Uh, but yeah, that chocolate bar opens uh, two weeks from yesterday, oh. so the twenty third of this month, right next to TDs on uh, on Tusk, right there, twenty third. It'll be yeah. Open. I, I you're gonna tie in. You're going to tap in, rather, is the better phrase there, into the same thing that that Christmas bar did, which is you're going to motivate whim- older women who don't normally go to bars to yeah. go to a bar. And, and there's money in that. And they did it really smart this time, too, because you don't want to get pigeonholed into, like, exclusively holidays because you could do a Valentine's Day bar, but nobody's coming to that after Valentine's Day. You know what I'm saying? And like, I don't think anybody really would want to spend their Valentine's Day there you, you, at that. You kind of want, like, a restaurant for that, where that chocolate bar is a perfect place to go after Valentine's Day dinner. Right. This is very like... Now, he would tell you, go to TD's for dinner. (laughs) 
chocolate bar. That's then you what, go back to TD. That's what Scott would tell you. No, but I mean, it really is a cool idea, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited to be on board again. I'm interested to see what they they do the rest of the year because the one I think has a chance to go gangbusters is. That Halloween bar would kill it. Oh, yeah. Halloween bar is going to be big. Um, we've thrown around other ideas, and the one that keeps on just like hitting me is America the Bar. You do that in the summertime, June, oh. July, and you do America the Bar, and it's nothing but patriotic music the whole time. And, you know, there's hot dogs Born in and the Jack USA and just going everywhere, dude. It's uh, But it, that's the thing. You is get the boss going, a couple of Budweiser cans. <laughs> there's just so many different uh, things they can do with it, you know. Yeah, the, the pop up bar idea is cool. Like, I said Vegas has had this, and they now have a Christmas bar that's open year round. But again, you're talking about a traveling destination yeah, in Vegas, right. where it's like you're going to get people and be like, "Oh, did you know we have this?" And even though it's June, it'll be cool. We're in Canton. Once you're down Tusk four times, you're like, "Dude, what am I doing this in June for?" My God, if I had to work at the Christmas bar twenty four seven. Now listen, I loved, I loved working at the Christmas bar. Had a blast doing it. We'll totally be doing it again next year. Um, but if I had to do that three hundred sixty five days out of the year, and it was constantly Christmas, and I was always like making Griswold jokes. Oh my God, dude. I mean, six weeks was an. It was, there was a point. I had was to be like, enough, right, right? That's enough. That's enough. For had your to be boy. enough. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could do that either. Now Cleveland's got a chocolate bar, but it's kind of like it stays there, and because of that, like it's also now like a full blown restaurant, and they need food and all that. What I like about this is that it's a, a unique thing. Now there's going to be like. All sorts of different, like, kind of Willy Wonka-themed things in there. Like, the shot glasses are going to be edible. Like, you can, you know, take your shot, boom, eat that. There's going to be scratch-and-sniff wallpaper. I know we were running, running oh, I around we were going an back idea. to an earlier segment. <laughs> I thought we were running around an idea of, like, alcoholic bubbles that people could, you know, like Charlie, you know, the fizzy bubble things. So there's a bunch of cool ideas. I don't know. I, I have not I have not stepped into the to the uh, Wonka Wonderland yet, but uh, two weeks from yesterday, the third, or 23rd. It'll all be open. Is that redheaded bartender going to be working at that chocolate bar too? I would assume so. Yeah, I might want an introduction. I would assume so. I might want an introduction. Let's I don't know. Do. It might have been like the four pints of like what was it, chili elf or whatever I drank <laughs> that that Christmas ale. Eleven percent beer, mad elf. Eleven percent beer. Dude, I drank four pints of that, and your boy was like lit. No wonder we were both home in bed before eight o'clock at the Christmas party, dude. I couldn't do it. Yeah, dude, Fantone bailed out early at the Christmas party. Your boy party. was drunk. Dude, this is how drunk Fantone was. Luckily, he was smart. Had his girlfriend come pick him up. We'll skip part of this story, yeah, buddy. We'll skip part. We'll of skip it. part of the story. But she takes him through a drive-through, right? Taco Bell action, yeah. <laughs> and he starts screaming through the window that he wants spicy chicken sandwiches. <laughs> Just I want spicy chicken sandwiches. <laughs> his girlfriend is like, dude, we're not at we're not at Wendy's. This is Taco Bell. I don't care. I want spicy chicken. She's like texting me, going, dude, what did you do to my boyfriend? Then he goes home. And he's dude. There's Phantom, nothing but boxers and like mayonnaise down his face from eating. And like his girlfriend like tries to clean him up, and he's like, "You're a right wing fascist." <laughs> he's like trying to eat his food. She she told me to sit up because I was laying down eating crunchy tacos. She's like, "You're gonna choke to death," and I'm like, "You're a right wing fascist, bitch." I love it, dude. <laughs> I love it because you don't get hammered like that no, a lot. I don't. I don't. And I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the spirit of the season or what. But the I Christmas think, party got out of hand. I think it might have been me in the Santa suit. <laughs> Your boy got excited, dude. For you that. couldn't get enough of me in oh, the Santa suit. No, how could I? I got to be honest with you. Those I know most of you probably listen to the show a lot. Thank God. Otherwise, I wouldn't Hopefully. have electricity. Maybe, and we, you know, we enjoy that. But like, I'm not a costume person. Like, I wasn't allowed to do Halloween as a kid. That whole thing. 
because you know my parents were you know religious weirdos, and so like I wasn't allowed to really do that. And now, like I thought I was gonna hate it, but there is something so freeing about being in a costume and the amount of women that just came up to me and was like wanted to like be in photos with me and wanted to talk to me and thought I was into I was like dude Santa gets action little uh, little Willy Wonka action we could get you a little costume there I know Posy I mean I mean we could probably get you some sort of like a uh, like a mascot costume if you're going to if you're going to lean into it now if you're going full throttle cosplay are they going to make me be the fat purple chick cuz I don't like you don't be dicks don't be jerks big home and garden show tickets up for grabs next on Rock 1069 Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. 910, you'll get hooked up with $1,000. Man. Apparently this company just has money to throw away. Just throwing it around, dude. Every hour or two? It's not like it's like, hey, once a day we give away $1,000. No, every hour. And every two weeks, I look at my check. I'm like, well, where is it? Gonna, dude, eventually it's going to show up, right? No, they're giving it all to you nice. so you'll listen to us. Okay. I get it. I guess. I get it. Sure. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I can I can knock it all I want, but I would, I would pay to do this job ultimately. I'm lucky in that regard. Just like giving them crap every now and again. We also have big home and garden show tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you need on those. Do you know Kathy Ireland's going to be at the big home and garden show? Remind me why I know that name. 90s supermodel? Do you oh, remember Kathy Ireland? Chick, right? Oh, come on. In the here. green oh, dress. Yeah. Oh, the- yeah. What is Kathy Ireland doing? There? I do not know, but she's going to be there, man. I, uh, Does I she was, do something now? I, I, I looked at the home and garden show website, and they were like, celebrities. And I started clicking through it. Kathy Ireland, man. You would think they would say Kathy Ireland from... But she must be doing a show on the DII network or something. something I don't know. I don't something. have TV, so I don't know. Kathy Ireland re, you know, redoes her entire backyard or something, bud. Yeah, no, I remember her now. Yeah. You, do, do me a favor. Look me up. a like Google image search me a picture of Kathy Ireland. I want to make sure I have this right. But she used to be in a cardboard cutout of the Bud Light thing, yep. I think. Like she was pretty hot back in the day. Still pretty good looking right now. I mean, she's not see. exactly. Uh, Let me see what you got. She's not exactly an unattractive woman. Let me see what we got in the. Yeah, 90s that's who here. I thought. That's who I thought. Yeah, that I mean, was that's there. that's exactly who. It she kind of reminds me of Brooke. What was her name? Brooke Shields. She kind of she she has a Brooke Shields thing about her now that she's grown up a little. Where they kind of both age the same way. She's just got that '90s hotness yeah. like all over her cover. Of Sports Illustrated the swimsuit edition. Isn't that weird? Like Man. there are certain people that are area like period hot. Yeah, Helen Hunt was a 90s hot woman. But yet, you see her in 2018, you're like, uh, what is that? What was yeah. Hank Azaria still doing with that? I mean, I can totally remember that. Like, oh, that, that picture. The Sports Illustrated this swimsuit This one right issue. here, the green one, right. That's exactly what oh, you were Oh, the yellow of. bikini is the one I remember, man, but yeah. Man, smoking hot, dude. So yeah, Kathy Ireland's going to be there. Oh, God damn it. Now I got to go to the Home <laughs> Garden Show. Be a creep, get arrested, lose my job. I gotta do all these things. Apparently, that's the new like celebrity trend yeah. where it's like, dude, if you're yeah. a dude and, and like you know you have a job in the public eye, you just gotta grope chicks and get like and get arrested. Stansberry just Stanley in it, just <laughs> which <laughs> I'm old. Interestingly <laughs> enough, I say get arrested, but that hasn't happened. Has anybody got arrested? I don't think so, right? I know the DA is saying, look, we got stuff on Harvey Weinstein. We're going to be, be making moves. We're just compiling everything. But yet, I'm not seeing anybody get arrested no. and nobody really paying for this. It's one thing to take a dude out of a movie. Fine, do it. But like, if you're not going to have to pay for these sins, 
There's something wrong with that. And if I was a woman in this country, I'd be like, time's up, not me too, all right, this stuff. Right. But, but this, the, the thing that should be happening isn't happening. You can make all the goddamn buttons you want. Where, where's the action? I, um, I, 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 I would assume that plenty of these, there's a statute of limitations. You know what I mean? So I, I would think I don't get there's that some one. of it. But I, don't, I don't get that one. Well, at any time we get involved into a sex crime, it's going to be hard enough to prove on its own. Then you put 15 years in between the crime and then the arrest. Right, and that, it gets tough. It's I a mean, little fair there. That's a little fair. I just I don't like it. I, I, I don't some, either. I there's mean, something about that I don't love. You know what I mean? Like I, I it's like every day now I'll read like news from all over the world and it'll be oh, new DNA evidence suggests that this man killed this woman in 1964, got right. away for 50 years, and now we're gonna lock him up. It's like so if that can be the case with those kind of crimes, murder, right? Then I mean with DNA and all this other stuff, like why can't I now? I, you know, I mean obviously people shower and that whole thing, and so like you know, but there's got to be a way. I mean there has to be. And fine, let's have cases. So let me get this straight. So these dudes were sexually molesting women before now and they what they stopped so like there's not there's right. not somebody from like now right fine statue of limitations on, on the the first 20 people where you got you like your toes wet doing it now but, the next 20 right but, but where's the next 30 yeah, right it's not, it's not like you 15 years ago you were like all right you know what i'm gonna call it quits i'm done i'm you know, done i feel like this internet thing might catch on i might want to be done doing better, better this. back off of this i don't think that's the way that goes james franco is now i guess the latest one of these um, celebrity be to be like accused of this, and I absolutely hate James Franco. Thought he was terrible in the Spider-Man movie. I feel like Pineapple Express is wildly overrated. The Disaster Artist is a complete and utter total ripoff of another movie where they've time st- they've Jeez. they've done it. Where like you go through the entire movie scene for scene, it's a complete ripoff of Jeez. another movie. So they completely stole that that whole movie. They stole it. I, I like how it wasn't like, hey, I just dislike James Franco. No, Stansberry's got his bullet points ready. He's got no, a exhibit A, B, C, and D ready, I, ready for it. Okay? I hate. When people shove these people down my face and go, oh, my God, so talented. And I'm like, well, where, though? Show it to me. Where? All right. I, I, I don't see it's, it. It's very not in the James Franco business. No, I right. hate him. And his ugly little brother's even worse. All right. I like, didn't even know he had a little brother. Oh, yeah. His, his little brother who's not as good looking as James is. And uh, both better looking than I am, obviously. And so, like, <laughs> me calling him ugly, that's a little bit of a stretch, right? But ultimately, dude, like, he's not, he's not any good either. But James Franco now was on Stephen Colbert. And Stephen did a very, like, you know, easy puff piece interview with him as to not to upset the liberal elitist and then at the end of the interview then kind of like said you know there's this thing do you want to talk about it and he was wearing a time's up pin in solidarity with victims of gender inequality that happens in Hollywood you know with pay disparity I I always hear about as a matter of fact Ali Sheedy tweeted that uh, James Franco was an example of why I left the film and TV business. She then later took that message down because, again, dude, I'm, you're not allowed to attack the left um, outside of that because then the, you know, the Twitter mafia will come after you because it's totally one-sided, that thing. When Mr. Colbert asked for a response, Franco then focused on the broader movement for gender equality and then denied any suggestion that he had acted improperly. The problem is now an actress, Sarah Tither Kaplan, who I don't know, tweeted out and said, hey, James Franco, nice time's up pin at the Golden Globes. Remember a few weeks ago when you told me the full nudity you had me do in two of your movies for $100 a day wasn't exploitation because I signed a contract to do it? Time's up on that. Okay, now I set the whole thing up telling you how much I hate James Franco, right? Right? So this is so, but she's in the wrong here. You agreed to do a movie that included nudity. Sometimes movies do. 
You agreed to do it for the money, and you did sign a contract. So why is James Franco to blame for that? Why are you not to blame for saying, you know what? I don't feel comfortable doing nudity for 100 bucks." And you could say, well, what else is she going to do? She wants to be in a movie. She wants to be a star. I don't know who this woman is, and neither do you. So obviously these roles weren't big enough to then make her break. I'm not sure. This, this is the problem with all this Me Too, Time's Up, all this stuff, is that it gets mishmashed in this and where this woman thinks she's got a right here and she doesn't. She's completely wrong. You signed a contract. He told you up front what was expected of you. You agreed to do it. You signed the contract. Did it. You can't then afterwards go, wait, this is this. She's just complaining about having done the scene or she's complaining about how he behaved in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, is she complaining? Where's the, where's the complaint? Uh, her complaint is a few weeks ago, you told me the full nudity you had me do in two of your movies for $100 a day wasn't exploitation because I signed it. My guess is she went to him and said, hey, you know, in the light of all this, I got to tell you, I was nude in two of your movies. And I think he probably, he then said to her, you signed a contract of what was asked of you, and then we did it. Like, how is that me exploiting you? I, we, we sent, and I'm, again, I'm filling in the blanks here. I don't ultimately know all this, but they, they were looking for somebody to be cast. They found somebody to be cast for it, gave you the contract, you signed it, you did it, and you got paid. That's not exploitation. The only thing I'm going to say is that there's definitely places in there where you are filling it. I'm filling blanks. Like, so like, I mean, if, okay, hey, I agreed to do this nude scene, but now you're telling me I have to walk around your trailer naked. Now you're saying, hey, get, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's blanks in there where I don't know what happened. There's room for exploitation. Okay. I, maybe, but again, as I'm filling in the blanks, on his side, you're kind of filling them in on her side. But I'm at least saying, like, well, as we, because, as we don't know what, what those blanks say, you know what I'm saying? Because like, my guess is, is wasn't that what she would have said? Would, if, if, like, if he was acting inappropriately, wouldn't it be like, really, you're going to wear this pin? You're going to do this? What about when I was in your trailer and you did this? I feel like that would have been the accusation, not, hey, you cast me for a movie, gave me a contract, paid me for said movie, and now I'm mad at you for it. I would think that that would have been in her... In her accusing tweets of, hey, you did this. And, and it's not there. That's why I'm saying, that's why this stuff, it's getting like mishmashed around. Because we, it's like now everybody's going to be like, well, what about me? And in reality, it's, I also think this, is, this came up with the Golden Globes with mansplaining too. Where mansplaining was like the big word of the night, right? And I think, ladies, sometimes what happens is you hear a man talk to you in the workplace And you go, he said that to me because I'm a woman. Because that's what we all do. Where we all looked as like, to where like this happened because of this. When in reality, that your boss may have said the same exact thing to me. I'm just going to walk away going, oh yeah, my boss is kind of a jerk. It's not like another level. I think mansplaining, does it happen? Sure. But I also think the human being, no matter who we are, myself included, We look to victimize ourselves whenever we can to explain things away. And so I think sometimes women are spoken to in a way in the workplace where a man would be spoken to that way and it wouldn't be a problem at all, but you don't like it. And so now we have to make it something else, which ultimately, if you think about it, is you asking us to treat you differently. And yet in any other aspect where we treat you differently, then you're mad about that. You see what I'm saying? This stuff is more cloudy than it is black and white. It is so much more gray than it is black and white. I deal with this. I have a woman who has a pretty solid position in her company, and she's the the only woman that works there. And she'll come home and tell me all the time, yeah, he said this to me today. 
And I'm like, yeah, he would have said that to his male employee, too. That's not about the fact that you're a woman. It's about the fact that you're an underling who works for him. So, like, this is you being soft on this. It wasn't sexual. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. He didn't mansplain anything to you. He just spoke to you the way a boss is going to speak to his employee. He would have spoken to a man like that. A man's just not allowed to complain about it. So essentially, then, what are we doing? We're asking for parameters to be different and for you to be treated differently and with more kid gloves. And then yet when, when that gets done, it is called mansplaining. This is a very confusing time right now. I'm not blaming women. I'm not blaming men. I'm saying, dude, the human being will look to victimize itself every last chance it gets. More Sansbury Show and $1,000 up for grabs next. Hang on. The Sansbury Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 1069.com. Just had the roadblock announcement for the iHeartRadio Awards. You know what that means. It won't What's be long that? before we start passing out the keywords for you to uh, win your way into that. Smart. Currently, it's $1,000 up for grabs, but I would imagine that that will be the next thing we do is start passing. Yeah. I don't know that. But I would imagine that will be the next thing that happens. Yeah, but we know how the sausage gets made around here. Dude, the award show, the pool party, you're going. Of course you're going. I mean, why wouldn't we send you? Who are we going to send? Us? No. 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 Never would happen. Not happening. Never, ever would happen. We are passing out $1,000. Yeah. That will be uh, momentarily here. Dude, people still all over me about this Oprah thing. Okay. You know, like I just posted yesterday, I said, dude, just stop with these Oprah Harvey Weinstein pics because it's not like she knew or it's not like these photos were taken two days ago. I don't, and, and, and I know what it is. It's you're terrified she can win. And so you're looking to discredit her. And I will give you, though, right side of the aisle, I will give you this, that the one meme you're posting in the light of all this is true, which is. Two years ago, a billionaire TV star isn't qualified to be president. When you know that's what the left was saying, and they were right then. And so you're right now. For them now to then turn around and say, "Well, Oprah should be it," you're right. That's crazy. Well, that's hypocrisy. But like, what about people like me who are like a billionaire person? TV star should not be president, whether it's my president or you know what I'm saying, whether it's my side or because other you don't sides. think Oprah's qualified to be president. I do. I, I know that Oprah is not qualified to be president. I am 100 percent confident in that. Now, like when it comes down to it, it's like, well, you got your two options. I mean, am I going to begrudgingly have to vote for Oprah? I hope not. But like, if that really is what we are at right now, is this cult of personality style of politics where it's like, well, I'm the most famous person, dude. We're just in for a terrible. Terrible, terrible place because at that point president bieber is not far off and you can be like oh, oh that'll never happen but if this is what we're doing then this is what we're doing i would agree with everything you just said outside of the fact that i don't necessarily no longer worry about the person being not qualified to be president because what i'm seeing now is if we've had what 40 this is the 45th right mm-hmm. if we've had 45 of them what are the chances 44 of them were qualified my guess is probably not. Well, so what's the over on what half qualified in the sense of what are your qualifications that you're talking about that they're not living up to? Like I'm looking for experience in running, you in, know, in governing, in governing, right? And that's not existent in <laughs> Oprah or Donald Trump. Right. Every other president has had experience in governing. Even Reagan, who made a jump from politics into presidency, but it wasn't day didn't it, didn't go from hey I'm an actor to hey I'm the president. No, he was the, the governor, the governor of, of the, California. Yeah, it was right, one, for, one of the biggest states we have. Right, and was it was 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 a part of 
of the of the of the you know political process prior to becoming president. I have a huge issue with voting for Oprah. I do not want to vote for yeah. Oprah. I want nothing to do with that as a full fledged Democrat left leaning person. The difference I think there is for me is that. I don't know enough about Ronald Reagan's like acting career, but I mean, it wasn't gangbusters, right? Like, wasn't he just in some stuff? And then it was like, ah, this probably isn't the career for me. And then moved like where Oprah's a TV star and done nothing else but be a TV star. Now she's running network, which again is another reason why I don't know if I love her. Right, as as somebody to run for president, she has her own television network. We're already in the age where we're worried about the media that we get and the, the things being misconstrued, and you know things like that, and like you know the narrative coming out. What do you think Oprah's TV network is going to say about the Oprah presidency? Now, I, I guess what this boils down to is like, well, when you become the president, like when Jimmy Carter had to sell his peanut farm, it's like, well, then yeah, you know what, you know, divulging yourself of your personal business. Is the things you've accomplished, but like, if we're going to argue about like, well, what's the standard right now? We haven't li- not lived up to that standard. So like, people make the argument. Well, President Trump has two news agencies that are in his back pocket. You know what I mean? So, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not a great time we're living in right if, now. If you if you if you don't have to sell Trump hotels, why would you have to sell the Oprah network? Well, I, I, that's what I'm saying, and I, I'm not. I, both sides should have to do the same exact thing. But I mean, as everybody's worried about fake news and this and this, and nobody does this and fact checking and this and that. What do you think the Oprah? Ne- network's going to do talk ill of her presidency no way now the Oprah network not necessarily a news organization what's it going to be then well I'm just saying like as as it currently stands now it's like hey here's this made for TV Oprah movie you know what I mean so okay but what but again what what stake does she have in other media outlets that we don't know and like all this there's there's stuff at play there now I think Oprah ultimately if you think that a that a decent person who isn't like who thinks you know all people should be treated equally is enough and that we can educate them to like the job of president then Oprah fits the bill that's, for me that's a terrible but terrible precedent I feel like it's a very low bar yeah hey you you are a decent person therefore you're now qual- we'll train you on the rest of it to be president that's asinine but dude. the American Idol president can't be far no I, I no. mean the, the the vote now the Ryan Seacrest Seacrest out vote before the end of the commercial break like, I mean, that's where we're headed, right? Has to be where we're headed. I would imagine. Like, as everybody's talking about, you know, uh, you know, the Electoral College, it's not right. It should be, you know, the popular vote and this and that. And with today's technology, you don't think we're going to go to the vote live now on television for the president? Of course I, we are. I'm, I'm sure we'll have to have some sort of a, uh, you know, a voter fraud, you know, c- commission that comes. Well, you know, what network gets right, to carry right, it? And what does this? Right. And what's the narrative? And what's the motive? And all this. I'm being asked. Who's the better business person, Oprah or Trump, outside of being president? The, the, the best answer I can give you is the honest one, which is ultimately, I don't know. Um, they've both been wildly successful in their fields. My guess is Oprah is the better of the two business people overall because, or maybe has... I don't know. I don't well, know. Oprah started from the bottom. Now she's here. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a little bit of argument of like, dude, when you're self-made, when you're truly self-made. As a black female? At, at the time that she came up. I in mean, TV? Right. In the power that she had. But like, So there's tenacity in that. But 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 at the end of the day, it's like the, the qualifications of being the president, it's not just because you're a good business person. Like that's not, it, it, like these, 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 uh, these 
bars that were trying to hurdle, I feel like those are the things that really don't have anything. There's, I'm sure there's business people out there that are brilliant at what they do. That doesn't mean they're qualified to be president. My boss is a fantastic programmer. Great programmer can make an average DJ, radio host, whatever you want to call any particular person on an air staff that much better. Can sit you down, listen to tape, and go, This was good, this was good, this was good. He doesn't do that, but he, he, normally, he normally just goes with what's bad. But no, all joking aside, he can like streamline your break and tell you, This is where this could have been so much better. But that would not make him a great president of iHeartMedia. Right. That doesn't make him a great show host. Just it's, because you're capable of doing, like, or capable of teaching doesn't make you great at doing You it. can train a Preakness jockey doesn't mean you can sit a horse. How, how, many, how many coaches right now can give you a, hey, this is how you get better at your jump shot. This is how you get better at rebounding. Doesn't most, mean they can go out there and play in the NBA. Most coaches are failed athletes because they've seen, like, and that's why they're a good coacher because they know how to do more to get the best out of their out of their. Per- Personal traits. That's why they say people like LeBron could never coach because all you're going to do is look around and go, just do this. And people are going to go, I just can't do I'm not LeBron. I can't do that. If Oprah's the president, dude, I'm off. I'm done. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I'm checking out. I'm over it. I'm I telling am. you, I think Oprah Biden is a popular ticket. I don't know what happens, but I think it's a popular ticket. I think Oprah Cory Booker, wildly popular ticket. And that might happen. I don't know, but it might happen. We have that $1,000 up for grabs right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio in. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Home and Garden show tickets for you. A four-pack, as a matter of fact. That shows uh, February 2nd through the 11th. We'll pass those out here momentarily. My girlfriend already sent me the text. She's like, those better fall off the back of the truck. I was like, well, I'm not going to steal them from the listeners, but I'll do what I can to get our slurps little pair there. I'm sure we could get you on the on the very, very exclusive VIP list of the Big Home and Garden Show. I'm sure we could get you on the list for that. I'm sure they'll create a list for <laughs> and put you on it for that. Although, you know, I, I, I joke, but... Those things always sell big numbers. Oh, yeah, they do. Like, the do. flower show does gang... But like, dude, all those trade shows always slay. I mean, number one, people at this point, February, you know, January, February... Just get me out of the house. Right, get me out of the house. Remind My kids me, are driving me nuts. Remind me that spring is coming up again, and, like, you do have to start planning for these things. Like, you go to Walmart right now, and they've already moved on to, like, hey, here's mulch, hey, here's seeds, hey, here's stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's time to do it. It's hard to believe. Yeah, that's why you go to Home Depot. They have the mulch and the dude who will spread it for you right there. It's like one-stop shopping. It's awesome. Joe Hayden will not quit running his mouth. He called the 0-16 parade lame. And now he is giving out the details surrounding the circumstances of him being released from the Cleveland Browns. According to Joe Hayden, Sashi Brown had requested that he take a pay cut. He was slated to make an $11.1 million base salary in 2017. They said, take a pay cut. Hayden said, no, I'm not taking a pay cut. Why, why would you take a pay cut for the Browns? If you're the Patriots, if you're Tom Brady and you're like, dude, I want another ring, but there's no way I'm taking a pay cut for the Browns. Not that, that's, not the worst, that's not the worst take ever. So then he himself then asked to be released. So as everybody wanted to like blame Sashi Brown, Joe Hayden, unwilling to restructure his money, 
then said, "We'll just release me." And his yeah. his take here is they're going to pay Brock Osweiler sixteen million, and he's not even on the team after yeah. being signed and then cut this summer. Yeah, but Joe, we knew that was the plan with Osweiler. That was the plan all along. Was to sign him, cut him, and pay the $16 million for that fourth pick. Looking looking at it from a fan perspective, that's like, yeah, well, that's the plan. But like looking at it from a player perspective of you're going to give this guy $5 million more than me and he's not going to play, I can understand why you'd be like, F this, F this organization, I'm out. I'd quit my job over that. I can see that. Uh, not if I'm getting torched on every single play the way Joe hate. I mean, dude, the Browns torched him twice in that game, the last game of the season. Torched him. He wasn't even close to the coverage. Joe Hayden's best years are easily behind him. I'm not he, arguing that. I'm not. I he mean, can, well, at that point, you got to restructure your money, dude. Welcome to the NFL. But you went. I mean, he got less money from Pittsburgh. But, he took less money. But 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 you've got you've got different opportunity there. Like I said, you've got a reason to take less money in a situation where you feel like you're going to win. All right. I mean, I guess I hear that. But what's really the more opportunity to play more games where you have a chance to get hurt and lose in the AFC championship game to Tom Brady? I guess. I mean, I guess all you're doing is playing more weeks. You're still not going to win the title. Pittsburgh ain't beating New England. That ain't going to happen. I bet New England opens as a touchdown favorite over the Steelers. I don't know where it'll go after that. We still have another round of playoff game. I mean, they both have to win a game this week before they even get there. But I, if that's what ends up being the AFC Championship game, I, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll dial down the hyperbole. I bet New England opens as a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Steelers. Joe Hayden ain't going nowhere. All you did was get yourself on a roster where you got to play more games. And you, your disaster of your legs that has become of you can be hidden inside of a really good defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers have. That's why it doesn't look as bad as it did when he was the when he was on the Browns. It's because the rest of the Steelers can help him because he's not as good as he once was. Now, Joe, once upon a time, was damn good. But, dude, you yourself had been the guy who was all over him the last three seasons during the run of this show. And it's because his best years are well behind him. I agree with you 100%. So asking him to take the, what I'm saying is fine. You want to be Joe Hayden saying, I'm not taking less money for the Browns. I can't necessarily argue that point, Fantone. I can't. All right, but Joe Hayden should be asked to rework his money. Like he's not a dominant force on the defensive side of the ball. I'll point it out again: the Browns torched him twice. He got torched for a touchdown last game of the season against us. He was in the middle of nowhere because he doesn't have the speed to keep up with it anymore. And he's never been a shutdown defender ever. He's too short. He's never been a shutdown defender ever. And, dude, you've gone now, and you went to a better situation. Quit running your mouth. You got out. Why you got to talk trash now? I don't get it. This is why I want the Browns to be good, because I want them to shut everybody else up. I could care less about wins for me and how I feel and my, you know. Fine. I just want other players and other people who are just, like, trashing them to have to eat their words a little. And I know I'm one of the people who trashes them, but, you know, it's like my little brother. I feel like I'm allowed you can make the argument Joe Hayden actually played for him. So, But at the end of the day, dude, this isn't this isn't a Hall of Fame caliber guy telling me insights of the Cleveland Browns. This is a marginal defensive player running his mouth and has the balls in 2018 to be like, nah, dude, it, like, they wanted to cut my money, so I wasn't going to do it? In the age of, like, dude, people not having jobs and stuff like that, I just, it, it just... Maybe it's because I don't like him. Is that what this is? Maybe I'm being guilty of that. I just feel like 
do Pete Browns fans, and especially Munch, who joins us Fridays at 7, has been jumping up and down on me because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Joe Hayden naysayer. It's like, well, dude, show me the tapes. I'll show you the tapes. All he ever does is get lit up. Vegas has been lit up less than Joe Hayden. I would have absolutely would have asked him to restructure his money. Joe, there's no tread left on those tires, bro. We got to bring this salary down. Oh, you're unwilling to do that? You don't want to be a team player? Then fine, you're out. It was like the one move Sashi Brown did I was totally all right with. Home and Garden Show tickets. We have a four-pack. Let's take caller 20 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio alter ego. Now. Text the keyword party to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's party to 200-200. Show Rock 1069. Back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 1069. Online for you, uh, As you hear a little Tom Petty there, I would have to say that that was my least favorite thing that happened in 2017 was losing uh, one of my favorite songwriters of all time. We're that show that kind of hates when people get like, you know, blubbery about, you know, celebrity death and all that. I just feel like sometimes people go overboard and just want to be in on the cool thing of the day. But, uh, dude, Tom was a great songwriter. No, if he makes your celebrity list there, then that's fine. I feel like that's appropriate. So if he made your celebrity, I'm going to cry about it list. That's fine. Not cry. I'll be upset. But I did listen to his catalog. A little bit bit bummed out there. You just don't get to have everyone on that list. Just because the flute player from the Moody Blues died the other day. It's not like, oh, boy, that's just a tragedy gone too soon. Oh, dude, the flute player from the Moody Blues. He did. I think he did. Dude, that was my guy. Like, dude, like that's the guy. Like that's dude. That's why you have that dude. He's the yeah. reason backstage passes were invented. Uh-huh. You want to meet that dude? <laughs> the dude playing the flute. You ever think he maybe was like, dude, you blow into this while I blow into this? You think that maybe that was a, ever in his repertoire? Uh, dude, there's people walking around our building right now. Okay. Do you see that? No, some oh. like some of the big wigs are here. Uh oh. Yeah. Um concerning. Well, it's not Friday. No. So like I feel like that's probably okay. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Normally uh, they'll walk you out on Friday, be like, here's a box. I just worry they're here on Wednesday yeah. creating the list for said Friday. Right. Yeah. I mean, all right, well Stansberry Phantom. All right, we got those uh, idiots. Too on easy. It. Yeah. <laughs> the easiest decision we've ever made. Son of a bitch. Maybe we should have done a good show today. If I would have known that, I would have done this whole thing over again. Well, I would have started a little <laughs> earlier than today. <laughs> I mean, if, we, if we're going in the way back machine, let's let's go a little further back than 6 a.m. this very morning. Your opportunity to win $1,000 will continue all day. Teresa will have your next opportunity. She'll give you your next keyword at 1010 this morning. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Podcast will shortly be up after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Have a great afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. When you get in a car accident, the first thing you think is, I can't believe this idiot just hit me. The second thing you think is, where am I going to get this fixed at? I want it done fast, and I want it done right. And that's where 